0: Mean Gene, the steel cage is the most brutal arena of human competition. It is the last resort, man.
1: I am not! I am not! I am not a I am not! I am not! I am not a I am not! I am not a Episode 6, Steel Cage Carnage, powered by Fanboy Nation, is on the air. Well, on the air, I guess. We're not really on the air, because we're not on the oh, airwaves. Technically,
0: well, we'll put up five soon. We'll put up five when we put up six. Don't worry. What?
1: What did that have to do with us being on the air or not?
0: They're saying, because people are like, wait, wasn't there four and then six? Because we, we had a problem with the... Uh, right, the but
1: I was leading into something about us not really being on the air, because we're a podcast, and you jumped in with the numbering of the episodes. Like, we weren't even talking about that. It's the internet. I had to ruin something, don't I? Well, I guess so. I gotta be a hater. True. Episode 6, which if you missed episode 5, which of course you did because we never posted it due to technical difficulties, that episode, our uh, Battleground recap episode, will be available as a lost episode, apparently, um, according to Fanboy Nation uh, editor-in-chief R.C. Samo. So, um, I don't know if that makes this de facto episode 5. Or, no, we're just going to say six and keep going with it. Yeah, we'll with that. yeah, yeah.
0: we're still that. Yeah. We're still recovering from Comic-Con.
1: That's right. It. Comic-Con weekend. Wow. A lot to catch you guys up on since we missed the week before Comic-Con. Not intentionally. We did record for you, but uh, wasn't able to get the file uploaded somehow, some way. You can go back so and hear that Vegas later. To be vehicle. honest, it wasn't our best episode. It was pretty quick, wasn't it? We were kind of in a hurry to get uh, done because we were getting ready to leave for Comic-Con. So, Which, by the way, was awesome. I uh, want to send a shout out to somebody who's never going to listen to this and thank uh, Michael Kingston, uh, Michael Mitchell, and Mr. Anderson. Anderson. for what was
0: Mr. Anderson? Yeah. For, uh, show? <laughs> yeah,
1: for uh, appearing on the Not So Strange Bedfellows Comics and Wrestling panel that we did Saturday night. It um, was a rounding success with a sellout crowd of 20. So, uh hey, we outdrew most indie feds in Southern California. Woohoo Actually have you ever seen that video on YouTube we outdrew the million dollar man. Well, w- because Virgil was with him. We had Mr. Henderson. Virgil's a curse. I mean true. on humanity, not just on panels <laughs> well, or comics. Well,
0: coming. yeah, I mean plus we were going up against
1: what? Like Well, we had uh uh Mythbusters right across the way. At one point, uh, uh the W V panel. Indie Wrestling, um notable and now artist and creator of the second shift Scott Lost. Made some comment on the panel, which we'll have uploaded for you guys later on to see, and we'll make sure to add it to the Steel Cage Carnage Facebook page. And, uh, what he said was met with a roar of applause from the room across the way, because while we had about 20, Myth Musters probably had about, what would you say, a thousand?
0: Something like that. We're up whatever fill up over that room that was. Yeah. We also had the masquerade going and the, um, and w- the
1: WB decided to show the pilots of Constantine, Gotham, and Flash. Right. And plus, there was a regular show fan meetup thing uh, where I heard that they actually had. It, it drew a lot of people because it was the first public appearance of Starla! Oh, God.
0: We were... <laughs> They've been bugging me about that, haven't you? Uh, not bugging me, but it, it just started as a thing, and now we've just uh, just run to the ground, but we still love doing it. it. tends to happen with us. Yeah, by the way, we're about three minutes... <laughs> we just have a 3.16 right there. Um, three... God damn about- it. <laughs> we're about three minutes in, and we haven't introduced ourselves.
1: Oh, yeah, huh? I'm Joshua Waldrop. <laughs> <laughs> I am Fran Mooney, out of the Control Center for now. That's right. Um, yeah, by now, I figured they knew who we were, but also, I just forgot. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, Rachel could take over. I'm not here, or you're not here. That's true. Um... We haven't had her on the show yet, but we do mention her just about every episode, so it's probably just a matter of time before uh, Rachel Putnam has to do a run-in. Um, but for now, we uh, have a few th- topics on the table, starting with this past Monday's Monday Night Raw. Fran, you haven't seen it yet. No, so you're going to be doing most of the talking on this one. Well. I'll I'll, I'll I'll chime in with my opinions as we go along. How's that? Then this may be one of the shortest Raw recaps that we've ever had, because you Shorter know how than- I do a Raw recap. Shorter
0: than shorter than the one from last from episode five. Uh, well,
1: they won't know that because they haven't listened to episode five yet.
0: You never know; they may wait. You know, you, like
1: you may get those people who are like OCD. That's true. Yeah. I would have to go back and listen if I was like that. Like cause. if Wrestling Buddy Bryce were to do that. Yeah, Wrestling seems, Buddy he Bryce. He
0: seemed like the type that would do that.
1: That's right. He would have to listen.
0: He, he's one of those people. Um, all right, so we'll start off with you. He's One of those people.
1: <laughs> he's that guy um this will be really quick first of all because uh i'm going to talk about the highlights and the things that i liked and uh particularly didn't like but this was kind of a knit raw so we start uh at the top and work our way down there'll probably be a lot of it that i'm just like blah 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 next
0: <laughs> so yeah we do open one the beat the clock challenge with, for between dean ambrose and seth rollins winner gets to choose the stipulation um but more on that later First, we have Roman Reigns taking on Kane in a last-man-standing match.
1: And, you know, uh, this was actually a really good match. Um, Good match. Good match. No, uh, Roman Reigns, I mean, he's obviously firing on all cylinders right now, but Kane, damn, dude. Me and Rachel were watching Monday night, and even Rachel took note for a 45-year-old man who has been taking bumps for the last 20 years of his life, and he's nearly 7 feet tall and 300-plus pounds, He was working his ass off. I mean, Roman Reigns, it was uh, last man standing, so obviously there's no disqualification. Roman Reigns is throwing him around the ring, like into the ring barriers and shit. And uh, Kane is just leaving his feet, going vertical, just letting uh, Roman Reigns launch him into different things. And I thought it was really cool, and a thing that um, a lot of older performers should watch, because Roman Reigns, or Kane, really put Roman Reigns over and really helped him shine, made him look like even better than he even is because he just decimated Kane, who the commentary had noted was a veteran of last man standing matches. And this was Roman Reigns first last man standing match. So oh, by the
0: way, um, how much is the, is the network? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I read was, it oh, was it was so
1: ridiculous. I, I was, I it was the first time in my life I was ever wishing for Michael Cole to do commentary by himself just mm-hmm. Joey styles it because JBL and Jerry Lawler just ran that crap into the ground. Nine ninety nine, Muggle, I love it. But uh, a well booked match. Also, many times when uh, you thought Kane was actually going to get the win, uh, big choke slam through a table with Kane. Uh, awesome spot where Kane went outside of the ring and set the stairs up upright uh, in the entryway. And then went back and got Roman Reigns, and sometime later they worked their way back out to it. Uh, he tried to whip Roman Reigns into the stairs, Reigns reversed it, so it left the stairs standing. Later they came back and Reigns sent Kane through the uh, stairs, so it was pretty cool. Um, really kind of a, a pay-per-view quality match that, that's really, alongside a lot of the other work that he's been doing over the last couple of years, highlights the talent of uh, Owen Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, who, after losing the last man standing match to Roman Reigns uh later on in the show appeared in a backstage vignette with Hunter and T- Stephanie whereby he sulked into frame back to the camera took off his mask and weave which he started to lose during the match that was kind of funny it was like uh, uh world star hip hop uh bunch of people fighting not of any specific race of course come on it's world star hip hop and uh weave start flying everywhere and and uh it was what it was bunch of people <laughs> <laughs> how do you call those people um, I never got that.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get into that.
1: But uh, it was a good match. And But now Kane going off presumably to do the press for Ceno Evil 2, the return of Jacob Goodnight, surrendering the mask again. What does the future have in store for Kane? I said to Rachel, losing Last Man Standing match, it would be kind of a quiet, stoic way for a performer like Kane, who had been there for so long, to retire and just ride off into the sunset. I hope that doesn't happen because I think they st- still think he's a valu- valuable asset and has a lot left in the tank. And so uh, I hope that, I-, I don't know if they're going to bring him back as a baby face. I would hope not. I kind of enjoy uh, heel Kane more or if they're just going to have him come back on TV without the mask and, you know, lose his demonness for a while. But uh, interesting to see where they go with that. But really solid opening matchup to kick off the show. Yeah, and we'll just talk over this. Mark Henry
0: Mark Henry being Damien Sandow, whatever.
1: Well, that was kind of interesting just for the fact that uh, <laughs> they come back from commercial and Boomer Sooner starts. They're in Corpus Christi, Texas.
0: Oh, yeah. So people...
1: Yeah. In uh, JR almost. Or... Yeah, so the Boomer Sooner hits and JBL's like, Oh, no! It really kind of sucks how... Uh, the WWE announcer's crap on Jim Ross, because I'll bet you, you Jim the best Ross... Commentator, one
0: of the best commentators of all time?
1: In my book, the best commentator of all time, and probably a guy who helped JBL a lot when JBL first came to the company is Justin Hawk Bradshaw, but um, it just really sucks that the guy is gone now, no longer officially a part of WWE, and yet they still feel the need to take pot shots at him. Just kind of kind of childish, in my view. But uh, they had Boomer Sooner start, Damien Sandow come out in a Sooner shirt, and uh, White Football helmet that he had put the OU logo on. (coughs) My bad. Um, Putting over Oklahoma and the great state of Texas, and then they announced making his return uh, from the University of Tennessee, uh, or Texas rather, uh, Mark Henry, which I wasn't aware that he went to college even, or let alone that he was wrestling, probably. From the University of. Yeah, probably.
0: Um, But, you know, is he here? Is he going to be another uh, bump dummy for uh, Brock Lesnar or
1: what? Uh, yeah, right. Uh, how how long before Brock Lesnar comes back and kills Mark Henry again, and then he's out for another eight months?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's so sad to see what Damian Sandow's been reduced to, though. Every week it makes me sadder. Right now, uh, Adam Rose is just hanging above that threshold, that that kind of Mendoza line. But uh, Damian Sandow is just a huge wasted talent.
0: He is. It's sad. I mean, every every week he's just out doing this thing, and it's just nobody... It's, he can't be taken seriously. Right. Uh, but knowing the way sometimes WWE creative
1: works, they'll be like,
0: hey, we can take him seriously now! Come on! All right? Huh? Huh? Huh?
1: Yeah, probably, after they've already squashed any chance that the audience hasn't taken him seriously. Yeah, Maybe they need to make him the crush or the own heart. Maybe they need to make him a part of that black people faction that they seem to be putting together with... Uh, the artist so you formerly know. known as Consequences Creed. Consequences Creed. Consequences Creed and Clearwater Revival and um, uh, Biggie and Kofi Kingston. Uh, well, yeah. What's his real? What's his, Xavier Woods? That's him.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I always think it's cool, Xavier Woods. He's from he's from Angel Grove. <laughs> what? Whatever it is, one from, from the Power Rangers. Was it Angel?
1: Oh, Angel Grove? I don't know. I didn't watch Power Rangers. When I was a kid and Power Rangers was on, I just viewed it as a Voltron knockoff and I shunned it.
0: Oh. Um. All right, but anyway, so we just lost, our, we just lost some of our nerd viewers. That's um, all right. <laughs> all
1: right, so we also had Damien, uh, Dean Ambrose taking on Alberto Del Rio. What a good match. Beat the clock, and generally when they do this beat the clock thing, the gimmick here is that uh, if Dean Ambrose wins his match against Alberto Del Rio, if Seth Rollins wins his match against Rob Van Dam, that whoever wins their match quickest gets to pick the stipulation for the match between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. So they start off with Dean Ambrose against uh, Alberto Del Rio. Really solid match. Really good match that went 15-plus minutes, which I was... (laughs) Well, first of all, I was astonished. And it's really not that shocking anymore. We're just not used to it because we grew up in the Attitude Era. But, uh, you know, with the three-hour raw, they really give guys more time now. And it's part of the reason why the product, even though there's still that little bit of lags three hours, is just a long time to watch wrestling. Uh, and be shilled to about nine ninety nine a month. Um, but the match qualities have gotten better. This match with Dean Ambrose and Alberto Del Rio was outstanding, and then Dean Ambrose, of course, gets the win. Uh, only later to come back in Seth Rollins' match. Now, 15 minutes is a long time. It's, you know, speculated, obviously, for the rest of the show. Will Seth Rollins be able to beat Rob Van Dam, uh, who the authority picked for Seth Rollins to face, As a show, that they aren't biased, that they're not uh, choosing favorites between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Well, Um, Rob Van Dam makes his entrance to the ring. Seth Ambrose makes his entrance to the ring. Seth Ambrose. Seth uh, Seth Rollins, and um, it's announced that the by order of the authority, Rob Van Dam will no longer be wrestling Seth Rollins. It is now Heath Slater. Sadly, still coming out to the three man band music uh, and Titantron, which is unfortunate. But looking jacked, man, Keith Slater looks like he's just been in the back eating his chicken and rice and uh, <laughs> bad, and, and keeping his baby oil handy, waiting for the opportunity that he got Monday night, which during that match saw Dean Ambrose come out through the crowd, very casually get a hold of the Money in the Bank briefcase, open it, shred the contract that was inside.
0: So that case is a contract inside. Wow.
1: Yeah. Dump a fan's soda and another fan's popcorn and JBL's hat inside the briefcase and slam it shut, causing enough of a distraction to where Heath Slater, Heath frickin' Slater, the one-man band, gets the upset victory on Seth Rollins. And it was funny, because earlier in the night, uh, Rachel was asking me, this uh, angle presumes that both men are going to win their match, right? I said, yeah. She said, well, what happens if one of them loses? I said, well, it probably won't get booked that way because that's not the nature of uh, beat the clock. Beat the clock, you know, they're probably going to milk it and get it right to 15 minutes and then either have Seth Rollins lose because of Ambrose or win from disqualification. Ambrose jumps him something, something, something. Pleasantly surprised they see them go in a different direction and have Rollins actually lose the match, and of all people, to Heath Slater who seems to be on a little bit of a roll after dumping Cesaro out of that battle royal a couple of weeks ago. Now he defeats uh, Seth Rollins. Wait, and earlier. Seamus. Yeah. Seamus. You're right. And earlier tonight. No, was it Seamus? I thought it was Cesaro. Maybe he got rid of both of them. Uh, Cause I remember he got rid of Cesaro. Yeah, it was was like, European. What? Who was European guys? Um, and then tonight on main event, which is groundbreaking here. Episode six of steel cage carnage on fanboynation.com. I think it's the first time we've ever mentioned main event on the show. Maybe I'm wrong. Let us know. Uh, Heath Slater in his new tag team. Slater Gator. Heath Slater and Titus O'Neil get the upset win when Heath Slater rolls up uh, Stardust or Goldust, one of the two. I forget who took the pin. That was quick. I was just upset about the fact that either of the Dusts took the pin because it seems way soon for that to happen. Uh, But hopefully Stardust has gotten over to the point to where it won't matter because Cody Rhodes is absolutely killing it in that character. Uh, Stardust and Gold Dust returned to action Monday night on Raw against Rye Baxel again. Yawn. Um, But I hope they do something with them because um, Cody Rhodes is really firing on all cylinders as well.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's mostly you on this sure. one. Sure. Oh, Rusev defeats Sin Cara. That was quick, uh, in a very quick match.
1: This was funny, though. This was really funny because... Because I uh, still think of him as having the baby fetish? No, 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 no. Oh. Because Rusev's music hits, Lana comes out with Ooh. Rusev, Rusev's waving the flag, and they're coming straight to the ring for the has match. You, has he still been able to wave it right, or is he still like... He's doing it the same, but let me finish this. Okay. He He comes out. Um, With the flag and with Lana There's no pre-match promo yet They cut to commercial I say to Rachel, wow, no pre-match promo She goes, don't worry, there will be They come back from commercial Rusev standing in the ring doing the thing with his arms And Lana standing with him And they drop the Russian flag And I think, wow, that's really odd that they drop the Russian flag Seeing as how they usually wait till after the match to do that Well, it turns out that Rusev had beat Sin Cara During the commercial break And you could only see it on the WWE app that's how fast the match was. Wow! It ended during the commercial break. Well, that—that's um, that, them trying to be like, the, "Well, you got to get the app, and things happen." And blah 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 blah. Sure, but I like that. That reminds me. I mean, it's a smaller version of it, not near as important, but it reminds me of the days when we would go to house shows, and you could legitimately see a tag, a championship, tag team title match, or whatever, change hands on a house show. Um, it's just the reinforces that anything can happen in the WWE thing, which I thought was cool. Of course, they go to cut their promos. Swagger comes out with Zeb Coulter, who apparently um, didn't drink his V8 or something, because old Mushmouth was just stumbling all over his promo. Dutch tells, known as one of the greatest promos in the history of the wrestling business, and oh, that, that, Natasha, I'll, I'll, uh, you and uh, Deb, I'll put your hand over your heart. I was like, <laughs> poor guy. But um, they're doing a pretty good job of building up the flag match, SummerSlam, Swagger, and Rusev, which I would expect Swagger to win because Swagger's never been hotter. Of course, a flag match is kind of a blow-off match. Uh, The rumor is that they want to shove Rusev into a uh, program with Sheamus and get the U.S. title off of Sheamus and onto Rusev. And uh, Jack Swagger winning a flag match and not actually pinning or beating Rusev would be a great way... For Swagger to stay strong, Rusev to lose without getting beat technically, and for both guys to go on into other programs where they're better off than they were when they started. Mm-hmm. 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 What oh. is it? Alicia Fox next? No, Dolph Ziggler and Cesaro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Outstanding match. And when the match started, this was kind of a night of surprise. You know, we had Heath Slater. The match started, and I thought, well, you know, it's a shame that this is going to happen. That Dolph's gonna have to lose because they have they're pushing him in that match with Miz, and Miz was at ringside doing commentary. And I figure Miz is gonna get involved at some point, and you know, this is what's gonna cause it. But Dolph Ziggler with the clean win on Cesaro. Makes me worry about Cesaro a little yes, bit. Yes, it does. But
0: after uh, they dump him off of Heyman.
1: But I think it's great to see Well, actually, um Heyman well, yeah, because that was last week, Cesaro and Cena. Anyway, uh, we talked about that in Episode 5, which you didn't hear. I mean,
0: no, we didn't talk about that in Episode 5. We didn't really do it. I think we recorded last week, really, because we're still
1: from, reeling really from Comic-Con. Oh, that's right. We didn't, huh? Okay, well, shoot. We have more to talk we about. Took, we took a vacation. Uh, Cesaro um, coming out in the middle of the promo the week before with Paul Heyman and John Cena hyping up the match at SummerSlam, the biggest fight of the summer, John Cena, Brock Lesnar for the championship. And Cesaro comes out, shakes Paul Heyman's hand and says that he's not going to stand and listen to John Cena talk to Paul Heyman that way. That even though they're not working together, they're still friends and came out to wrestle John Cena. in a fantastic matchup, by the way. Anybody at this point who has any crap to say about John Cena, needs should just shut the F up because he's the man. And him and Cesaro had an awesome match. Not, oh, Cesaro must have carried him. No, John Cena was working his ass off, just like he has been, just like he always has. And uh, it was a fantastic match. Um, But yeah, Cena or Cesaro now seems to be a little bit lost, which is unfortunate. But the good news about it is Ziggler got the win. He's going to that match with Miz at SummerSlam. And it looks like, to me, it feels like they may be getting ready to trust Dolph Ziggler with the Intercontinental Championship, which would be fantastic. I think that would be this uh, generation's version of when Mr. Perfect held the Intercontinental title and really made it mean something back in the 80s and early 90s. Um, another generational parallel that I had noticed is, uh, and this was just kind of an off my head thing while I was watching Raw and watching the mannerisms and watching Dean Ambrose do what he does, is it's uh, rumored, supposedly, allegedly, that Dean Ambrose and Renee Young are an item. And it occurred to me that as intense and as physical and as crazy as Dean Ambrose is, and as sweet and beautiful and classy and as much of a crush that everyone has on Renee Young, that if they put them together on camera, they could be this generation's Mach and Liz. Hmm. Just don't let Lex Luger near her. <laughs> yeah, right? Don't don't accept any sandwiches or drinks from Lex Luger, Renee Young. <laughs> yeah, so we'll move on from that.
0: We'll leave it at that. It is. Uh, Jericho Lex Luger killed Miss Elizabeth. All right, there you go. Uh, Jericho, Luke Harper loser uh jericho of luke harper lost to be banned from ringside at summerslam
1: yeah this one i mean it was an okay match it just kind of was what it was it wasn't bad by any means it was just kind of paint by numbers and then you kind of knew jericho was going to get the win since he had already beaten uh oh man i'm blanking on his name luke harper no eric rowan he'd already beaten rowan on smackdown with the same stipulation so now rowan wasn't available to be at ringside during the match the commentators, I think, had actually slipped and said that the Wyatts were not going to be allowed at ringside during the match with Jericho and Bray Wyatt at SummerSlam, but that wasn't set until Jericho beat Luke Harper. Oops. So yeah, nine ninety nine, nine ninety right. nine, nine ninety nine, and you can see all that for nine ninety nine. But uh, yeah, it was kind of was what it was. But uh, Jericho gets the win, and now the match with, but following the match, he beats Luke Harper and uh, with the with the uh, code breaker. And Bray Wyatt comes in and just decimates Jericho and hits one of just the sweetest Sister Abigail. I uh, love that move. Bray Wyatt's got to be my favorite guy right now. I love it, Michael. All right. Diego
0: defeated Fandango. No one cares.
1: Yeah, no um, one cares. Mini Hornswoggle Fandango, no one cares. The whole thing's garbage. Please get them off my TV. But redemption for the inspirational Bo Dallas. That's right. Bo Dallas. Inspirational Moggle. After losing twice to R Truth. Block Winston Churchill. Once by pin and once by disqualification, Bo Dallas. Uh was that R Truth he wrestled again on Monday? R Truth. Yeah. Inspirational Moggle. Got the win on Bo Dallas or on uh, R Truth. And then I think did he jump him after the bell? I can't remember if he jumped uh, him after it the bell. Says Bo, Bo, Bo beat the crap out of him. I know yeah, that. Yeah, Bo
0: after he lost. And but then Bo won with the rolling roll with the roll. Roll up, holding tights, and yep. after the match, Bo beat up Truth, and Bo dogged him on the floor. Oh, that uh, and was, did a victory lap again.
1: Yeah, that was the cool thing, is uh, he rolled him up, big ol' hands full of jeans for Bo Dallas. Inspirational like Vince and, Lombardi. And then his face slowly starts to morph. He's angry, and he's got that intense look, and then he looks around, and slowly it softens, and his eyebrows go up, and he's, Bo Dallas, again. And it's, he's, it's amazing to me how good he is right now. And then to think that he's only going to get exponentially better. Like, he's a main event star in the making, for sure. Uh, and then, yeah, our uh, truth com- is thrown out to the outside of the ring, and I thought to myself, man, it'd be really cool if he bow-dogged him on the outside of the ring. And he did. He hooked the uh, headlock, went up on the ring apron, off the top steps, and bow-dogged him. It <laughs> was it was great. It was inspirational. Truly
0: inspirational, Moggle. That's all I gotta say. Nine ninety nine. <laughs> just gonna nod while I say dollars nine ninety nine. Pretty much. Okay. All right. So then, uh, and you talked about the beat the clock challenge, and we end with a contract signing between Stephanie and Brie Bella, which once again, Brie and Stephanie end the show.
1: I'm. If you have a top five and maybe even a top three workers on Monday Night Raw's roster, Stephanie has to be considered one of those top three or top five the promo she cut brie, Brella, brie bella every time she picks up a microphone makes it abundantly clear that she never has any business with a microphone <laughs> uh she cut a manageable promo on stephanie which i was expecting that she was going to come find another reason to call her a bitch because all of the the promos leading up to this is, uh, Plus, you bitch, slap, and then months later, you're just a rich bitch, slap, and then in the ring when they set the match up for SummerSlam, are you just going to stand there like a bitch? It's like, all right, Bree, do you have a vocabulary, anything else that you can call her? So she did, didn't use bitch. That was good. Stephanie takes the, uh, there's the big table and the chair set up. Stephanie takes the signed contract and nails Nikki across the table with it. And while Bree's looking in shock, Hunter, who has already said that he's recusing himself as the COO, uh, that's why Michael Cole was handling the proceedings, Model. he's not there as the COO of the company. He's not there as the authority. He's there solely as a supportive husband. As soon as Stephanie hit Nikki with the, the briefcase or the uh, contract... Hunter grabs the table and shoves Bree into the corner, like puts it catty corner, trapping her in the chair. While Stephanie gives Nikki a hellacious uh, pedigree, then when Bree slaps Hunter and starts making her way out, Stephanie attacks and slams her head into the table several times for giving her a pedigree. Fantastic ending, and I love the fact that it's the second time in a month that the chicks have sent us home in the main. Uh, segment the closing segment of Monday Night Raw. I'm looking forward to that match. But here's it's the summer. problem Here's the problem I have with that match for SummerSlam. They have built to it beautifully. They have set it up fantastic. And Stephanie's work has just been amazing. The promo that she cut when she gave Brie Bella the match where she acted like she's going to cry and then slapped her and said she was going to make her her bitch. Great work on Stephanie's part. The problem I have with the match at SummerSlam is this. There isn't a planet, there isn't a galaxy, or a dimension that exists where I or anybody else should ever believe that Brie Bella could ever take Stephanie McMahon. (laughs) Stephanie would tear Brie Bella's limbs apart and then beat her to death with them if it was a real legitimate fight. So I'm curious to see how they're going to work around that. Stephanie's got the size, she's got the strength, she's in better shape, she's got the advantage in all ways and she's got a ruthless streak that Bree doesn't have so brie's never been that strong in the ring to begin with curious to see what it's going to take how much work she's putting in to try to match up to stephanie mcmahon all that for 9.99 Michael. i hate you so much
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what i get for not seeing it yeah um, so but, that was Raw. So that was Raw, and that's getting ready for SummerSlam, so we have a few matches set. That's right. So it should, looks like it should be actually a pretty entertaining SummerSlam. You got Jericho and Wyatt. <sighs>
1: that's going to be amazing. Uh, Lesnar, Lesnar and Cena, of that's course. That's going to be brutal, and I fully expect Brock Lesnar to leave SummerSlam as the new World Heavyweight Champion. If they have John Cena win after Brock Lesnar has just defeated the streak of The Undertaker, that is the most garbage booking of all time.
0: Yeah, and we have uh, Dean
1: Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> I love Dean Ambrose. I hate Seth Rollins. Oh, I hate that guy so much. Bella and uh, Stephanie McMahon. Rachel pointed something out about Seth Rollins that made me laugh on Monday. What? He comes out with that stupid ass outfit that he's got on. Yeah, the Snake Plissken outfit. Yeah, well, when he came out with it this time, and you know, you know how it looks. People who are watching know how it looks.
0: Yeah, like Seth, like Snake Plissken.
1: Rachel goes, "Why is he wearing Ridiculoso's ring gear?" <laughs> <laughs> because we have a local wrestler here named El Ridiculoso who has the similar full body thing going on, but El Ridiculoso is probably a hundred pounds soaking wet. They announced Seth Rollins is two seventeen, and I told Rachel, you know how wrestling is two seventeen. I he there's no way he's over two bills. And she's like, "Yeah, he's how, like 180 at the best." How much is
0: in that? How much is in that briefcase? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: That's probably he's why he wears in there. That's probably why he wears that uh, full body outfit because after he gets done dumping all the water on him, him and Bo Dallas must just go swimming right before they come out for their <laughs> match.
0: What is with that? With Bo Dallas' shirt is like the most. That's like the wettest shirt I've ever seen. Yeah, he'd win the wet T-shirt contest.
1: Yeah, all you have to do is Bo leave and also dry off.
0: <laughs> it's a towel. Get a shamwell. I don't know. Yeah. Something. Um, anyway, so let's move on to the other place. TNA.
1: Oh, that's all you, because I... Well, no,
0: I, just... An, no, I didn't...
1: Uh, you don't watch it's, it either?
0: <laughs> no, no, I... Well, I just missed it this week because of, you know, Comic-Con and work. Um, but... It was it was almost announced that they had not... That Spike was not gonna renew the their TV deal. And then they said, No, 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 we're still negotiating. So, we don't know what's... what's it's still up in the air what's going on with with their TVD which kind of like puts but just where do they go if let's say spike yeah. it doesn't work out what happens to the number the distant
1: number 2 uh, company it's really unfortunate and i really would like to think i'd like to think that's that dixie carter whoever is the decision maker there whether it's her or somebody underneath her that's you know using her as a puppet knows what they're doing and has something up their sleeve because Uh, After that came out, and I've read up a bunch about it, different reports online, uh, so I've kind of made up my own idea on what I think is probably the truth. But after they released that, then they started announcing that they've extended guys' contracts. They just signed Zima Ion for another three years. Oh, after, well, after, you know. And I'm thinking to myself. medical bills. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, how irresponsible for you to be extending people's contracts when you don't know if you're going to have... A TV deal in well, two months. You I, don't even know if you're going to have a company in two months. But what
0: I know is, do they still do? They still have their international deals, though. They have to, they have to fulfill.
1: They have some international deals, but the most, the bulk of their operating budget comes from the TNA, the Spike TV money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I think is the truth, just based on what I've read and my own hunch and my own intuition Your of sources, how things, how things unquote. work well, with wrestling and whatnot, is that uh, Spike TV has let them know they're not renewing their contract. Come October when the TV deal is up, Spike TV TNA will no longer be on Spike TV. The reason for this, I believe, is because while Spike TV, while TNA is one of the highest rated shows on Spike TV, it is hard as shit and you can ask Vince McMahon because he learned this lesson the hard way with the latest TV negotiations he had to go through to sell advertising for pro wrestling because for some stupid reason pro wrestling still has that stigma about it. You know, major companies will throw gobs of money at NFL football, which is infinitely more violent than anything pro wrestling ever thought about being. But because Chris Benoit and oh, all this and that, even though how many football players have killed other people? Ern Hernandez, you know, you could say the same thing.
0: Uh, you, know, you want to beat his wife and drag her into yeah. the room like yeah, a Ray- man.
1: Yeah, Ray Rice, who's getting uh, fan support, which I can't imagine why. O.J. Simpson? Yeah, uh, hell, even Michael Vick. At least we haven't had any dog fighters in pro wrestling that we know of. No, but uh, it's the money that they sell advertising for. They're getting a fraction of what they could sell it for with something that may have a lower rating, but enough people to sell at their advertising at much more money, and thus they'll make more money, even having a lower rated show on in this, uh, TNA's time slot with the extra money that they can charge for advertising. So I think TNA Spike T V let TNA know they would not be renewing their contract. Remember and this went, is what this is your opinion, not a news right, fact. Right, right. A an opinion. We're not saying it's happening. Sure. My hunch Just is that they let them know they're not renewing the contract and the reason that they're publicly still stating that contract negotiations are ongoing is because when WWE was on Spike T V for that little bit of time, uh, when they departed from the USA network and Uh, Spike decided not to renew the contract They said it publicly And it really screwed WWE For their next contract rights Because they can't go into a contract negotiation With USA or anyone else now and say Hey, we got this other channel Let's bargain, you know, highest bidder type of thing It really hurt WWE in negotiations Uh, And the same thing with ECW When they started shopping around For WWE while ECW Was still on the channel So Spike TV has really damaged Uh, The negotiating and TV power of two previous (laughs) uh, wrestling entities. And I think that this time, because there's a closer relationship with TNA, because maybe they like Dixie or or they don't want to see the brand go away. They just don't want it on their TV station anymore. They have let them know, uh, we're not going to be renewing your contract. But publicly, they are saying we're still negotiating to help TNA in other TV negotiation deals. Yeah. So in order to try to not screw them and have I mean, it, it come out, nope, we're canceling them. And so every other TV station, which reportedly Dixie's already having a hard enough time getting interest in, doesn't go, oh, well, Spike canceled him. Why do we want him?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard because, I mean, it, yeah, wrestling does have the stigma, but also it just you w- realize, like, where do they go? Because, like, all these channels that are... You're the disappearing or, you know, don't fit the – don't fit the – what do you call it? The demographic sure. or something like that. Or the, like, oh, we can go on this, but it only – it has half the audience or only goes to this many homes of, you know, in the south or something like that. I it's, mean
1: It's really a shame too because, I mean, obviously we're not a big fan of the product the way it's been presented the last – Almost ever, uh, but they seem to have turned a little bit of a corner. They're doing a little bit more interesting things on TV. They're
0: setting themselves different. What they need, which they need to right, do. Right. They brought back the six sided
1: ring. A little more. I've said hardcore, for
0: months. I guess you could say
1: right. A little edgier. Yeah. I've said, but it might be a little bit too little, too late. I've said for months now that I could see the writing on the wall and see them circling the drain. And if they don't get another deal, it's the exact same thing that happened to ECW
0: and WCW. If,
1: like- yeah. If they don't get another TV deal by the time October comes and their their TV deal's done, those international deals you brought up may save them. It may give them a lifeline. But if it doesn't, TNA's done. But if they can't get anything in the U.S. itself, then they're screwed.
0: Right. I mean, does or does Bischoff jump in and go, you know, hey guys, you know, like we did try to do with uh, was with before WCW went under? Yeah was jump in with, uh, I think it was Jason Hervey, I
1: think, sure. actually. Sure, yeah, their own production company. Yeah,
0: and they said, hey, we want to buy it, but they said, yeah, you can have it, but you don't have a TV deal. Sure. So that could be also a factor, or maybe Bischoff will just say, hey, just give me it anyway, I'll, I'll take it and I'll I'll shop it.
1: Well, my supposition is this. Um, I think that if they don't end up getting a new TV deal, TNA will probably go out of business, not just because they need the TV money, but because... There's no exposure. Uh, reportedly, Bob Carter has been wanting to shed panda energy of TNA's massive money loss, uh, losings for years now. Jerry Jarrett came out in an interview and said that years ago, something like three to five years ago, when Jerry Jarrett was still a part of it, uh, Bob Carter called him up and asked him how they can get out of this. <laughs> and, uh, if that's true, which is, again, it's all speculation, um, the Carters may just take this, um, this situation as a reason and say well i guess we just need to shut it down and another
0: thing is where does global force jump into this with jeff jarrett if yeah tna goes out did a lot of the talents
1: jump over there and we oh. have another another not another tna but we have a lot we see a lot of similar talents i would think that he would probably jeff jarrett would probably bring in some of the talents that actually mean something yeah, bobby rude some, not all aj styles yeah but, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys. And it's unfortunate because we have friends that work there or did work there at TNA. Um, I felt bad about seeing the announcement because I saw it Sunday night, late Sunday night, after we'd gotten home from Comic-Con. After, hours after we'd just had that uh, conversation with Mr. Anderson. And he seemed like such a cool guy. And it was just a pleasure, you know, talking to him, getting to know him. And to think that, oh, my God, this guy might not have. But here's the other thing. Unlike the situations with ECW, uh, this might be more akin to WCW, as you pointed out, because Panda Energy has deep-ass pockets, which we all know. So if they're signing these guys to contracts, like Zima Ion or whoever else, and it turns out that they can't do anything with the company for the TV deal or whatever... They should still have the money to pay the... They're going to have to honor the contracts. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, w- you yeah, just did yeah. a home and collect. And then right. all sudden, when it runs out,
0: uh, WWE, guess what? I'm available. Right. So miss- If WWE even wants them now, then that's a the hard part, too, now. They have the NXT the program. Stink. Yeah. Yeah, there's the NXT program, or do you want to call it. And that they're building their own talents. Like, it was- back then, there was there was developmental, but there wasn't, like, a, a solid place. Yeah. Well, just that- one place.
1: And reportedly, TNA or WWE has already kind of gone on record as saying that they don't want anybody from tna that they're concentrated on creating their own stars and they don't want retreads or whatever i think there would be a couple of guys who would probably have a shot with wwe samoa joe might be one of those guys they they might you know be willing to bring him in give him a shot Uh, especially if somebody who likes joe's work puts in a word for him there uh, I know Steve Austin's a fan of his work. Um, I would have said Punk before, but Punk's you know oh, not in anyone's good graces yeah, now. Yeah, but
0: also didn't really work for Colt Cabana out there. So. Yeah,
1: that's true. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a weird situation. It, it's right a now. sad time because we're looking at the I'm possibility sure. that everybody on that roster might end up jobless and back on the indies or going to Japan if they can, I guess. But I mean, it's I'm sure a lot of them are on pins
0: and needles. Like, what the hell's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Cause they want you know you never want to know like like every time you hear like you work anywhere you hear about a company's being bought or things like that sure it's like um all you or they tell you oh it's great it's great and then the next day oh guess what we're sold or we're going out of business right and, which happened to me before when I worked at a radio, local radio station like we got like the set, like we're coming off some great events and you know we're got ratings are actually really good. And all of a sudden, it's like you know, they need to talk to you. We need to have a meeting, and it's I guess we're being bought by a Christian station, yeah, which will happen. Um, but yeah, it's just something where you never know. Like they could, they could be um, talking to everybody and saying, "Oh no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry." Negotiations, and then go, oh guys, they fell through. We're yeah. done. We're we're out of business, and your con, you know, the, I'm sure some still have this, like you said, some with this, some of those contracts which do have to be honored. They may be able to have a little bit of a of a parachute when they're done. When, when it goes out, but when that runs out, what do
1: you do from there? Sure. Yeah, and uh, as Paul Heyman can attest to, um, TV negotiations don't mean shit. The only thing that means anything is having a signed deal and a contract in place. Speaking of Paul Heyman, by the way, uh, that new DVD, uh, Hello, My Name is Paul Heyman, is it? Ladies and gentlemen, My Name is Paul Heyman, Yeah, came out today. I and I want to see it so badly. Uh, it, apparently, he talks really candidly about a lot of things he hasn't talked about before. And when we once we see it, once we finally see it, uh, we'll review it here on Steel Cage Carnage. Yep, we will. Um, I saw that you had um, made mention there of the unfortunate release of these budget cuts that we keep hearing about from WWE. Yeah. Uh, trying to atone for the perceived... Uh, losses of the... S- losses of the network, which uh, I'll, I'll got something on that in a minute. Uh, five NXT talents released, including Sean Ricker. Whatever. The gravy has passed on. Yeah.
0: I mean, what? Why?
1: <laughs> yeah, right?
0: I mean, I never got to If, if I, I was talking to actually Bryce from the Wrestling Buddies about this and said, you know what? You get him on TV, give him a microphone for two minutes, the world's his.
1: Yeah. Yeah, He's he's got everything. And so, I don't know. Sometimes certain people just don't see certain things in certain people. But I would love... This is one of those moments where I wish, and, and the TNA thing too, I wish that there was another company. I wish that there was a WCW because somebody, or even an ECW, because Paul Heyman could make a star out of Sean Ricker. Sean yeah, Ricker could make a star out of Sean yeah, Ricker. Yeah, but
0: then some, I think one of the um, one of the other wrestling sites actually put up a thing. It said like, this: the headline of the story someone posted on Facebook was the Diamond WWE released Sean Ricker. Yeah. Something like that. And it's true. The guy is a, just... Wicked! Oh my god! I said, did I say wicked? You just said wicked, dude. Wow, that dude, that
1: uh, wicked, really? Mad talent. How's that, dude? Yeah. That's. Yeah. I wish didn't say Hella. I, mean, yeah, I was just gonna say he's. Well, I'd rather go with Wicked than Hella. Wicked is better than Hella. Yeah, we'll go with Wicked. Yeah, he's wicked talented. That, yeah, that's Sean Rickett. Wicked makes better porn than Hella does. <laughs> In the hierarchy of porn companies, to me, it's like Wicked. Um, <laughs> maybe, uh, what, what was the other one that, that, uh, Jameson worked for for a while? Ah, Vivid. Ah. And then, um, uh... Anyway, well, let's get back to Sean Ricker. Well, yeah, porn. That's an option for any of these guys who... <laughs> Actually, though, Sean Ricker, uh, apparently, I mean, I, I, I he has to have been doing this before, because there's no way you have it ready that fast after you get released. But, um, a, a trailer circulating around facebook if you have a chance take a look at it about a new uh noir looking detective series or movie that stars sean ricker that looks entertaining as hell uh
0: sean ricker doing anything is entertaining that's true
1: he could read the phone book and be entertaining
0: yeah the guy i mean he was it was one of the things you know it was one of the people last people that um paul paul bear uh, managed in uh championship wrestling from hollywood there you get your mention now shut up no, i'm kidding <laughs> um they never really talked to me yeah. um but yeah, he's w- talk to you, huh? No, I'm just laughing. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll play it back and hear what you said. But anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey,
1: we well, skipped over something you've
0: been meaning to talk about for three weeks now. By well, the we're way. gonna
1: save it to the end. That's why it's okay. uh, we've built it up already.
0: Yeah, we well, guess we did. What are
1: we gonna have this really in-depth topic about? Uh, 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 about black pod- potential racism in wrestling, and whether the black man's been held back from the world title scene, and then go into Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Well, now that we've talked about the plight of the black man, Rocket Raccoon, he
0: is, he is amazing. He
1: is. Yeah. That movie was amazing. Says,
0: Guardians of the Galaxy was freaking awesome. Um, reason why I bring it up, a course, well, because we, our damn show, first of all, um, but second of all, Batista, just a wow. He actually, I'm not. We're not just because because he's, he's a wrestler and he's getting into Hollywood. He is great. He's actually
1: really a good actor. (laughs) Dude, I was blown away. Uh, Like, I've been a big fan of Batista's work before he left this last couple months. But his comedic timing, his deadpan uh, ability, and in the context of a giant, brutish, Drax the Destroyer character, was just spot on. And then I, I listened to an interview with him where he talked about how people presume he wants to be the next big action star, like The Rock or whoever, and he says, far from it. What he's looking for are dialogue driven roles, like more character based, and I thought, yes, that's do And he's pretty much that. signed
0: on for another and I'm sure Marvel liked like what they saw. I don't see anybody really talking, even talking bad about his performance or about just about the movie in general. Yeah. It's just go out just go out and see. It's like how we keep point over WWE Network. Go see this movie. Right. It's it'll change your life. It'll I saw this movie, it changed my life. It
1: actually <laughs> It was a huge influence on me, because I've never been that deep into sci-fi, or at least I didn't think I had been that deep into sci-fi. Uh, I never considered myself a sci-fi, quote, fan. A sci-fi guy? Yeah. <laughs> and then after watching Guardians, I was just like, wow, that's so amazing. Um, you want to talk about earlier having lost some nerd cred with the Power Rangers thing. I, Joshua Waldrop, uh, co-host of this show, Steel Cage Carnage, and, what now, 13-year Comic-Con vet? Yeah,
0: about that. All right, has
1: yeah. never seen any of the Star Wars movies, the original ones, all the way through. And finally, after seeing Guardians, I was like, oh, now I want to see Star Wars. I think
0: and, all the times I've seen it has made up for you not seeing it.
1: Sure. And then for like three straight days after we saw that movie, like I kept coming back to this conversation. I would think of things from my childhood uh, onto my adolescence. Um, watching Quantum Leap as a kid, what a great show! Scott Bakula, I was a huge Mark for Quantum Leap. Um, certain shows and movies like the uh, the Last Star or was it Last uh, Starfighter. Flight of the Navigator? Flight of
0: Navigator is amazing.
1: The Last Starfighter, and I realized Ray just, Bradbury. Well, yeah, I uh, had the great honor of meeting him at Comic Con one year. Um, uh, I realized that throughout my life, I've been more of a sci-fi fan than I thought. And Guardians of the Galaxy which really kicked the door open for me because it's just a... If there's a thing, such a thing as a flawless movie, this could be it for me. I mean, it was one thing, too. Even if you're not the Marvel fan, it's a fun movie. Yeah. It's it's what
0: you want when you go to the mo- When you want to go to the movies during the summer, this is what you want. Right. Um, Mar- uh, Marvel Studios, Disney, whatever you want to say, really... I think... Like, I know I posted a rant about who won this, who lost this. But if you want to put it that way, they won the summer with this. Oh, well, yeah. This- um, Sony, last. Spider-Man 2 was fucking terrible. so I'm going to say it. was fucking terrible. <laughs> X- but, although X-Men, Days of Future Past was really good. Um, but Winter Soldier and, um, and Guardians of the Galaxy just over the top. Marvel just keeps getting better. Marvel Studios and Disney just keeps getting better and better and better with each... Um, With each movie that comes out, like they keep learning, like they keep learning, what can we do this? Like, and also with having something like Disney behind them for marketing, Disney knows marketing and how to put these characters. They made third tier characters matter. Yeah, that's one of the big things too. People, no one, not a lot of people knew about Garden. They knew, like, I am sure, I think some people knew Rocket Raccoon from the Marvel versus versus Capcom uh, from the game, but. They didn't really know the rest of the story about the Gardens of the Galaxy.
1: I didn't know much about him. I didn't either. Speaking of Rocket Raccoon, though, what a great story. Um, you guys can look it up online, but it's a great interview or a great uh, five-page piece that uh, was written a few years ago about um, uh, the creator of Rocket Raccoon, who unfortunately in 1992 was hit by a car and has been in institutional care since. Yeah. Um, has had different degrees of being able to speak or, or, you know, and that's, you know, communicate. But Marvel brought the movie to his bedside in the place where hes is... Um, that's very cool. Yeah, where he's having uh, his round-the-clock care. And the smile on his face was amazing. Like, it just... <laughs> it was magic, and it was so cool. Another really cool move, a guy who I've just... If there's such a thing as a man crush, he might be mine right now, uh, Chris Pratt, who, uh, uh, during the opening weekend of Guardians of the Galaxy, went to a screening and took pictures with all the kids. That's pretty cool. That's... You'd never hear about things like that. No, and... So, guess what, DC. You got a lot to you got a long ways to go with this next movie. Oh, they <laughs> DC might as well forget about it. There's no They already we, have built enough a uh, bad um bad relationship with their fans already with what's going on. They can make their little movies and that's fine and we'll probably go see them because we're nerds. But uh, in this ongoing debate between Marvel versus DC, there's no debate anymore. You go see Guardians of the Galaxy, and the debate was tenuous at best, but you go see Guardians of the Galaxy, the debate is over. Marvel whipped out their manhood and <laughs> smashed DC right in the forehead with it, and then that, that Mortal Kombat voice came up and said, KO! Marvel yeah.
0: wins! Yeah, here's the thing, it's like,
1: I, it's a meme but I kept seeing over and over, was saying,
0: oh, Mar- DC, the world's not ready for a Wonder Woman movie. Marvel. Here's a rocket. Here's a raccoon with a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, how do they not make one of the members of their "quote unquote" Trinity work? Yeah. Like how? Like they? Like I'll just put it this way for Comic Con. Here's what. Here's what we have: Batman versus Superman. Yeah, we had the one minute trailer. Then you had Chris Hardwick do a selfie with three of them. Mar- Marvel on the other side. Okay. Here's the history of the history of of Marvel Universe and movies. Here is the. Here's a long trailer for old Age of Ultron. Oh, here's the cast for a su- surprise signing. Here's the next, like, four years of yeah. movies that we're playing. And, oh, guess what? Here are um, some some props from the movie for you guys to take pictures with and everything. Marvel just knows just how to... How, when Disney knows how to give that goodwill to their fans right now. Yeah. And DC's just... It's like, not even It's close. like, T- sorry, it's WWE, TNA right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've got great TV shows. Arrow is awesome. Uh, Constantine, seen the pilot already. Amazing. But... As far as movies go, where a lot of that money is going to be coming from, Marvel is light years ahead of DC right
1: now. Yeah. DC Warner Brothers. Guardians of the Galaxy made some stars over the weekend. Batista absolutely is going to be in demand. Uh, Chris Pratt is a new leading man. That guy's a $20 million a year guy now, because he's so likable. Scott Hatterberg. He's so funny. (laughs) He's amazing. And then... um,
0: Zoe Saldana's
1: already just... Well, she's already huge, yeah. Yeah. and I just totally forgot the third star that I said. Uh, that um, movie was well, yeah, make. Bradley. Well, yeah, Bradley Cooper is the voice of Rocket. He's yeah. already a massive star. Yeah, um, Vin Diesel. Oh, name. James Gunn, writer director James Gunn. Who's not going to want that guy now? Like that guy cut his teeth on *Trauma*, which was awesome to oh, see him yeah, give Lloyd Traum- Kaufman Troma and *Juliet* is a, a, yeah. it's a great movie. If you can find you can find on DVD. Get Troma and *Juliet*; it's a great movie. It was so cool to see him pay homage too and give Lloyd Kaufman uh, within like. A few scenes of each other. You have the traditional Marvel Stanley cameo, and then you have Lloyd Kaufman, yeah. the Godfather behind the Toxic Avenger and Romeo and Juliet, Cannibal the Musical, where the South Park guys cut their teeth. James Gunn, James Gunn is is going to be taking over Hollywood pretty soon, I think. Where I mean, you? he's already doing the sequel.
0: Yeah, t- twenty seventeen will be released. Um, he already did the mo- and if you've seen the movie Slither, that's his. Um, so he's done. He knows he's. He knows what how to t- entertain.
1: Yeah, um, and and this just in, um, we just you know making this big announcement exclusively on Steel Cage Carnage. Um, look for in the year twenty eighteen, uh, James Gunn. Directing the Massacre Twins live action movie. That's oh, going to be I'll, fantastic. I'll, I'll, yeah, no, I know. I've been
0: talking to them for a while, actually. Yeah. Uh,
1: Negotiations yeah. have been ongoing, just yeah, like TNA. Yeah, they're ongoing. Yeah. Don't worry. Just don't worry about it. Right.
0: Don't worry about it. Shut up. Things are happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Um. Yes. Speaking of Massacre Twins, well, we'll put that, we'll put save those to the end. Sure. Um, so let's uh, go on. We had. Uh, oh, the cool. topic that we have. Oh been... no, no, cool thing on the
1: internet. Oh, I thought you were gonna do that last. Uh, um, we'll just do, do that, and then we'll move. Then we'll do the, the, yeah. the big topic. Remember, we said we were gonna start having segments and different actual bits for you guys instead of just our, us two jackasses rambling. Jackasses. Well, we, I think we finally landed on one cool things from the internet. You, we already shared with you um, the, the Jim Ross commentary. The baby. Jim Ross commentary that was. Uh, that was came to our attention through who? Uh, through geekleak.net. Geekleak.net. Uh, the girls at Geekleak, uh, they are actual geeks, <laughs> not just we dress up and wear
0: glasses. <coughs> no, they actually are geeks and geeks at, and wrestling wrestling fans at heart. Uh, what they point out this time was someone made up a video. If Raw was a sitcom, an intro, and it's amazing, it's hilarious. It it's, is. I mean, you have like you have all the players on John Cena, the great like nineties movies, the graphics, and at the end it says and Bo Dallas. <laughs> That's the best part for me,
1: or the or the second one that we, we just found, yeah, 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 which was the same uh, idea, but with the attitude era guys and the same Stone music. Cold, obviously, is the star and the Rock and everybody, and then and just Joe, that's like just the most- Joe. I remember just Joe, but. How did who, who else could remember that? That's like, did we make this video and not know it? I know it's <laughs> it's really awesome. We'll make sure to have it posted on the or Steel Cage page, Facebook page. Oh, it's up right
0: now, actually. It's up there right
1: now if you want to look for it. The link is up. Fantastic. On the page.
0: I, am on, I was on that uh, when we saw it. I threw it up there. Oh, that's great. So if you want to go back to check it out, give those, give the girls a geek leak, geek leak, a. Um, Give them a shout-out. Anyway, we're
1: giving them a shout-out, but give them some support. Some love, yeah. Yeah, like them on Facebook. You know, Check out their site. Like us on Facebook, too. We'll get to the plugs later on. Yeah. Um. The, finally, and by now... Oh, we got to go. Oh, it's... College yeah. college. Oh, wait, never mind. I would like to say that we've been stalling so that David Coates, a uh, big fan of the show and a uh, loyal listener, um, well, <laughs> we we would like to think listener. that we've been stalling this topic. Stalling? Because... David Coates, while being a fan of the show, hasn't actually had the opportunity to listen to any of the shows yet. (laughs) He uh, he apparently cannot get the thing to play on his phone. He's all the way out in the middle of nowhere in Texas, and and I don't know if or why he has any other means of listening to us. But on the Facebook page, he brought up a topic, which we've been teasing for weeks now. We're finally going to get to it. Fine. And it revolves around TNA and uh, their world heavyweight champion Bobby Lashley the destroyer uh, the lashley. destroyer bobby lashley who has been doing a great job in his role by the way he has had some outstanding Actually, matches he had a, a classic match last week on impact with austin aries from <laughs> uh from new york and Neville
0: williams is the original
1: destroyer but yes that people won't know about that <laughs> so the the conversation was about uh black world champions and what's the deal uh, there's, you know, everybody always accuses Vince McMahon of being racist, but then people that I know who have worked with Vince McMahon say that he's not racist. He actually probably thinks he's black. <laughs> That's how <laughs> much he likes black people. Have you
0: seen that? Uh, yeah, have have seen that one time with John Cena.
1: Yeah, uh, we made some jokes about it in the early episodes of Steel Cage Carnage because we were watching Rusev go through Kofi Kingston, Biggie Langston, yeah, and all all the the uh, the people. Well, people that actually
0: involved with the um, with the, um, the, what's his name, the, the New Nation of Domination. Yeah, yeah. the new, yeah the
1: but. Na- 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 nnod yeah the nod the nod but uh you know ron simmons 19 what was it 91 90 91 Uh, early 90s 90 yeah uh who became the first black world heavyweight champion of a major national company uh and then wwe later on with the rock now rock is half samoan half black yeah does that matter because there's a lot of people who are saying, well, it doesn't count as being a black world champion because he's really, he's really mostly Samoan. He's really... He's, like, I don't know how half is mostly anything Yeah, because I, know. I like was I'm a not, math I major. i not mostly Filipino. I, I, mean, I wasn't a math major, but to me, half means equal parts. It doesn't well, unless mean... unless you're Wayne Gretzky because this game is 90% physical. The other half is mental. Right. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, what's the deal? Does Rock count as a black world champion? And if he okay. doesn't... Then, it, does that offer up some kind of commentary or some kind of reveal about Vince McMahon, about the company, about the wrestling business as a whole? That other than Ron Simmons and now Bobby Lashley, there hasn't a, been a nationally like recognized bl- black quote, world quote, champion. Full black, right?
0: Um, I don't think it's people never really pointed out saying, "Oh, it's the first black heavyweight champion when Rock when our WWE champion no when he did it because it was just the Rock did it." I mean, that's the thing too is some people are just wrestlers. I think they don't really see color I mean, hate to see it, but a lot of people don't see color anymore. Yeah. Um like I remember some I think it was I think it was Halle Berry said, like I oh, won this as a black actress and then I think and then I think it was denzel Washington or someone said no you know, accepting an award and he said I war- I award this as an actor, not as a black actor, but as an actor. Or a black there. <laughs> Yes, okay, as a black okay. Um or a black trist. I don't want to be chauvinist. Okay, there you go. Well being other ist right now, but you know. Uh <laughs> but um but no, I think it's just happened to it just happened to be that way. Happened to be Bobby Lashley's a right guy right time. Ron Simmons, right guy, right time. Yeah. Rock, right guy, right time. It's just someone who has market marketability for some for some for their purposes. Um it's, I don't think anyone's ever, no one's ever like pointed it out. Like, I think the only time I really remember it was like just an angle when, um, I think when Ron Simmons talked about when was the last time Black Mouth was World Heavyweight Champion, right? And you know he said, oh yeah, Ahman Johnson is Intercontinental, but never as a no one has ever been a World Black. I think WWF Champion because he was WW course, um, but I don't think it does. I like I said I don't think it does. It, it matters. I mean I think it's just people find. I mean Booker T was Booker T was also a WCW champion. No one ever Oh, he was a second That's true. The second black. He was
1: also a black world champion. That's yeah, right. never said he's a second black. You know, and he's a seven time world champion. Yeah, and a king. That's true, and king Booker.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, I don't think it matters. It just it's just the uh, right right place, the person for the time. I think that people get too caught up in it, um, and of course this is easy for us to sit here as two white dudes and say this All half white, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but think of, like somebody mentioned, John Cena in one of his promos uh, recently said there are 40 men who have held this title. 40 people in however many years WWE has been around, what, 60 years now? Uh, 40 different world champions. That's an incredibly minuscule number of people in comparison to the people who have been in the business, who have been in in, through WWE. WWE, Walk
0: through their doors.
1: Much like, I mean, you haven't seen a lot of of black people on the roster in general. I think there's a lot of diversity right now. WWE recognizes your place as a global company, so there's Irish, there's Scottish, Mexican, you know, all kinds. Um, I think what it is, is just a numbers game, because... You know, they say that in order to become, like, a a successful, and by successful, meaning, like, nationally known, contracted, good, like, really good money-making superstar in wrestling, that it's something like a fraction of the amount of people who make it to the NFL. Yeah. And that's already a small number of people. Now, you're in a day and age today where black, white, Asian, whatever, ethnicity... People of the people say, "Well, why is the talent pool thinning in pro wrestling?" Because if you're in that kind of shape, you're athletic, you're tough. Most people are going into MMA, and I think that classically that's been the case with most black people, especially with with black athletes who have gone into you know a, a, an athletic endeavor like that. Is they see pro wrestling. And they don't see many black world champions or a black Hulk Hogan or a black uh, John Cena. But you know what they do see is a whole lot of rich black football players and basketball players and baseball players and MMA fighters. So they went another route. People who had the the athleticism and the build and and that skill set and those athletic talents went somewhere else where they thought maybe they could make more money because whether they were fighting to get out of a bad living situation or whether they just wanted to better their lives or whatnot. So you've got the number of people who go into wrestling anyway dwindling over the last 20 years. I don't think racism has really been a part of it in, unless you go way back when, when Ole Anderson's booking guys in the <laughs> territories, sure there's racism there but even then they knew enough to put a guy like a Tony Atlas or somebody a Thunderbolt it, Patterson Yeah, or... maybe not in a main position but let's be fair about it, let's take race completely out of it let's look at some of the, the uh, performers of color of any ethnicity that have been in WWE or WCW and this isn't saying that There aren't black people who could do this, or or Mexicans, or whites, or whoever else. Just the ones who have already been there. Let's look at Kofi Kingston. Let's look at Stevie Ray. Let's look at any of them. Uh, Norman Smiley. And great performers, but didn't necessarily have that it. Why? Because very few people have that it. Hogan had the it. Jericho has the it. CM Punk had the it. The Rock has the it, and it's just a small number of people. So it's not discriminatory that there hasn't been more black world champions. What would be more insulting to a race? To not have their race represented as much as they think it should be on a national superstar global championship level? Or to have there be a stiff that can't talk, gets pushed up into that position just to fill a quota because of of uh uh what do you call it like the college's um oh affirmative action, yeah. and so you have this guy that's world champion that can't that's not believable it it would be like to me it would be like when they put the title on Jack Swagger, there wasn't a second of the ti- of Jack Swagger being world champion that I believed that he should have been world champion <laughs> so you, the times that they have had a person of color come through with the not just the look, the build, the athleticism, the toughness, but the charisma, the ability to, to talk and cut promos. Ron Simmons, Booker T, The Rock, they have been world champion. They've gotten that opportunity. And I think that as that wrestling moves on and, and society as a whole moves on and sheds you know, more racism, I don't think racism is ever going to go away because I think we're all inherently racist to a degree. Uh, maybe you'll see more Black World Champions. I love the fact that Bobby Lashley is a Black World Champion because he's got all the tools. He's got the look, the size. He's got a big old smile. It's just charisma. He can talk. He's articulate. He He's athletic as hell for a guy as big as he is. He's like a Black Brock Lesnar. Black Lesnar. Uh, Black Lesnar. <laughs> so I love that he's getting that opportunity. I love that Kenny King and MVP are in that that mix, but Bobby Lashley had the it, and that's why he's got the world championship. And I think that if more people of diversity come into wrestling, they will get those opportunities. And we were talking earlier tonight about Prince Devitt from Japan just debuting on NXT, and Kenta from Japan is uh, or uh, is waiting as well. So the opportunity's there, but do they have the talent? Do they have the skill set? Do they have those intangibles that you need to have to make it? I think there's a guy in WWE's roster that could have those intangibles. And could be a black world champion on a on a level as big or bigger than anybody else. Who's that? Darren Young. Really? I think that once he gets healthy, he's got the look. He's got an iron jaw. He's got a great big, awesome smile. He's uh, he's athletic as hell in the ring. He's got a but fantastic that also, and build. That also
0: lands in another category cause since he's out of the closet, gay. Right. So that could also open a lot more doors
1: for let's say gay athletes. Absolutely. Um, so I think that there he could get a shot. It's unfortunate that he's hurt right now. Um, now let's, you know, going back to what I was saying a few minutes ago, Titus O'Neal. That guy's huge. That guy's athletic. That guy's got charisma. But I don't think he's got world champion chops. He, he, he's not that good of a talker. He can't really cut promos that well. And uh, 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 only goes so far. So, <laughs> you know, anybody who looks at the, the landscape of the of the roster of the business and says, well, guys like Titus O'Neil aren't getting a shot. It's, you know, it's holding him down. Well, be honest with yourself. Is he main event quality? I don't think so. I would like him to be. I like him a lot. I don't think he's he belongs in a program with Cena or even middle card guys like the Miz or you know Dolph Ziggler, stuff like that. Uh Big E I was most hopeful for looked like they were getting ready to push him pretty solid, and then they just kind of cut him off against Rusev, and now they've got him in this new nation of domination faction. So that's kind of unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I always bring it up, but if you watch some of the stuff in NXT, the sure. guy the guy can actually – the guy's got the tools. He's athletic. Yeah. He's big. Um, well, good look. Um, and he can talk. Yeah, and just for some reason, when he got to WWE, the big time, he just turned into a southern preacher, and just
1: didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he tried to go over the top, and it didn't work for him. But I think he could still be that guy, and maybe he will be once this faction gets underway. Yeah, or like they said with like Ezekiel Jackson, right? Dude's got an awesome look, but talking, like he can't talk. Mark Henry,
0: look at Mark Henry
1: at any time. Oh, during Mark Henry was world champion.
0: He was an ECW champion. He well, I, well, boy, well, he was also. I think he was well, he was a world heavyweight champion. Yeah. So he was a world champion.
1: And to me... But again, they didn't bring up he was black. They just said he's like right.
0: Henry. You can kick some
1: ass. Well, he's the world's strongest man. The guy you know, can lift more than collectively all of us sitting on this couch. But uh, to me, I was happy to see him get it because he's worked hard. He's been a guy I've always liked. I didn't think he was world champion material because he's huge. He's got a big look. When he had that program with Cena, that's the only time where I said, wow, he's really honed in on something here. He's really cutting really intense, really awesome promos. For most of his career, I mean, what are you going to do? Sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. World world champion sexual chocolate who just fathered a hand. Like,
0: <laughs> or you know, he came ridiculous with uh, the red, white, and blue stuff or whatever. Trying
1: to yeah. make him like the first Kurt Angle. Right. Um, and, yeah, so that's where I come out on it. I think The Rock absolutely should count as a black world champion because he's out black. Yeah. You know, and if you want to say he's the first Samoan world champion. He is too. Fine, you know. Well, Roman Reigns might be the second, so you never know. Yeah, he very well might be. Very well should be. Although not too soon. Batista said something in an interview I just read today that uh I had to kind of agree with, said that he would have kept the shield together a little longer because he thinks that I maybe mean, they might be pushing Roman Reigns too fast. Yeah, I think well they had to with people going like Badness Bear going out, then, sure. then Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan going out. Punk. Especially
0: Daniel Bryan going out. Yeah. Um and then yeah, CM Punk leaving so we had to, they needed to
1: get some new people in there quick. That's why they had to break up the shield. Sure. So hopefully uh, you guys were interested in that topic. Uh, thank you. To, big thank you to David Coates. Uh, unfortunately, if you're not able to hear us, thank you. Um, and let us know what you think. Uh, email us at steelcagecarnage at gmail.com. Facebook, Fanboy Nation, SCC. Uh, face Like us on the Facebook page, Steel Cage Carnage. Instagram at Steel Cage Carnage. And um, we want to hear what you have to think. Uh, do you think, the first of all, does the Rock count as a Black World Champion? And secondly, does race even matter? I don't think, certainly we can all agree it shouldn't, but does it? I don't necessarily think it does anymore, and I think the further we get away from the Territory Days, the less it matters. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Show us your lightning bolts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so so yeah, let us know. And yeah, it, it shouldn't matter. I I don't think it does. I think people just see it now as wrestler. They see them as wrestlers, sure, especially um as wrestlers and as world. Like you said, with the Rock, it was just oh, the Rock's world champion. Okay, Mark yeah. Henry. Oh, he was world champion. Okay, you know, cool. You know, they're not saying oh he's black, so we need to support him. It's like
1: no, they're just he's a world champion. Yeah, and I think that that's almost more racist when you start saying oh, who should we put the title on? Well. We need to appease the black demographic, or we need to show that we're oh, diverse. No, the urban, quota. yeah. We need to show that we're diverse, so let's put it on him, even though he may not be the right guy. That that to me is more racist. Yeah, because you're just filling a quota. You're not. Well, I'll keep him you're happy. Not, you're not pushing a guy, <laughs> put him in that position because his talent warrants it. You're doing it, you know, for to check a little box and you know fill in a bubble on a, on a sheet somewhere. Eh? I, I think that when the guys come along that have that the ability to to. Be a world champion and carry that that place on the roster and on the show. They'll get those opportunities. Wrestling is one of those industries where race or whatever, and even dating back to the territory days with Oli or, or you know Jerry Jarrett or Bill Watts or any of the guys. Uh, not that they were all racist, but you know reportedly Oli Anderson and Bill Watts were. They still knew enough to book guys that were over that would sell tickets. They may not have liked it, but they still booked Junkyard Dog. They still booked, you know, uh, Tony Atlas. They still booked, yeah, you know, Thunderbolt Patterson, as you mentioned. So I think that the lack of, of black world champions just is indicative of the fact that there have been a fewer number of nationally successful black professional wrestlers in general. So maybe we'll see we more of those. seen very many Mexican. That's true. We've only seen Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm seeing Filipino one. Oh, no, Batista, sorry. Half Filipino. L- I'd love to see an Asian world champion. I'd love to see a guy come in, uh, cut great promos, you know, new karate, and <laughs> could just <laughs> new karate. own some people. I think that'd be really cool. New karate. Speaking of which, speaking of diversity, this is not wrestling related at all, but I thought this was a cool story, and uh, we'll send you guys home on this. Did you hear about the San Antonio Spurs today? uh i saw a little post you put but i didn't really get to read it so there's a a woman and unfortunately i don't remember her name because who watches the wnba am i right uh (laughs) who was a legend with the san antonio women's nba team the san antonio stars she's announced that she's retiring and the san antonio spurs of the nba have hired her as an assistant coach to Greg Popovich, the first ever female assistant coach in NBA history. That's very cool. That's remarkable. Um, we're starting to see, you know, women kind of come to the forefront. Uh, you know, Renee Young now has the the commentator seat on SmackDown or on uh, Superstars. She could be working her way up to the commentator seat on SmackDown, God willing, because JBL's terrible. Um, we have uh, a new assistant coach for the San Antonio Spurs that's a woman. And of course, we have the Massacre Twins. Yeah, go to Twins dot com and check well, that we're not out.
0: Wrestlers, but uh, yeah, there are some awesome female characters. Sure. Uh, yeah, check them out. Twins dot com. We do have some new, a uh, couple of new comic right. strips up for you guys to check out, and a new oh, one every Monday.
1: Monday yes. Massacre.
0: Thank you. Yes. The Monday Massacre. Yes. Uh, uh, thank you to Rachel Putnam, of course, our uh, co-producer. That's right. She is the lovely artist. Uh, Josh over here is helping me co-write. Hi, that's me. Help me keep my sanity. Um, <laughs> keep me in the game, so to speak. Um, so yeah, check it out. Once again, you know, we do have uh, every Monday. We do have we're printing up some new strips. So go do check them out. Like us on Facebook. Yep, we're on Instagram at at the Massacre Twins. Uh, the Massacre Twins at gmail.com. If you guys have any questions, or if you want to get a signed strip from us, which you do have a couple left
1: over from Comic Con. Yep, signed by the whole creative team and my first actually published produced comic book releases tomorrow on Comic Book Wednesday. Vincent Price presents number four through Blue Water Comics. So make sure to order that. Uh, It's available in print and digital. Go get it. And then Remaster Twins. That's right. And if you have time, and amongst doing all of that and thinking about what you're going to email us or text us on the Facebook, also make sure to sit, maybe have a little drink, maybe have a little smoke, and listen to The Razor Ramones. I am not, I am not a I am not, I am not, I am not a dog, I am not, I am not, I am not a dog, I am not, I am not, I am not a dog, I am not, for this cover of, of change, I am <Campaign. was coughs> th- not going to put your away! Not this change. <shaped>. Is enough, this change. <��lude> I am not to this enough, this cover I to I am not, I am not, I am not, I am not, I am I am not, I am not, I am not, I am not, I I am not, I am not, I am not, I